0: My loneliness ain't killing me no more. I, I'm stronger. Than I ever thought that I could be, baby.
1: I used to go with the flow.
0: Didn't really care about me.
1: You might think that I can't take it, but you're wrong.
0: Cause now, I'm stronger than yesterday.
1: Now it's nothing but my way.
0: That was a dramatic reading of Stronger by Britney Spears.
1: And this is The Naughty Prude
0: hey it's joel from zero magazine and you are listening to the naughty prude show a podcast where my wholesome friends and i come together to indulge in a little bit of debauchery (laughs) giggles welcome back everybody to a brand new episode of the naughty prude and today i have a very good friend of mine someone that i have only got to know like in recent years but we have formed such a close friendship that like it is a no brainer that she would have come onto the podcast sooner or later. So please welcome my very good friend Cheryl.
1: Ooh, oh my god, it's so weird to like just cheer for yourself. <laughs> but it is me, I am here.
0: I wanna talk about how we met because okay. the way friendships form through the way we met mm. usually don't come into the realm of developing very personal mm relationships you know mm. what i mean yeah that's true here's how we met okay here's what, what what happened so we have a mutual friend shout out to isaac and we met at a club pretty much
1: no we were at dinner first
0: no i met you at the club directly but no,
1: okay okay let's run through our story so <laughs> what i thought i was having dinner with laura and isaac and then after that, isaac was like oh my friend wants to come and get drinks and then you came to join us for drinks and then no no
0: my my memory is that i met you at avery oh is it we were under the neon light
1: i feel like that was a a second like clubbing sex copy that we had that was really really fun
0: are you sure
1: yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure okay but one thing we can agree on is we met through isaac and that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship
0: it was and usually like you know when you go out (laughs) <laughs> to have a good time. It's like, usually these kind of friendships are just, like, hi-bye. Yeah. Would you remember how we transitioned from that to proper friendship?
1: Yeah, okay. So, like, um, I think we started partying a lot. And then we realized that we actually enjoy each other's company because we are both very responsible drunks. So, like, we would never, like, you know, get too wasted. And we wouldn't fight with anyone. We just wanted, like, to dance and just have a good time. And then that was initially most of our friendship, right?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But then eventually uh you started inviting me over to your workplace and I started hanging out with, you know, like the people you work with and a bunch of dinners happened and just slowly and slowly our relationship became like a daytime friendship
0: right that makes so much sense also because like uh, sooner or later all my friends just get to know each other cause they're
1: all great yeah
0: I always just like mix up my sh- social circles not sure if that's the best decision <laughs> but like it, 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 it just happens everybody knows everybody in my in my yeah. world so I
1: think also it helps that we both work in the same type of industry so we could, could talk about uh our relationships our career you know personal growth and life in the way that we both could understand because we were both at the same point of our lives
0: right yeah. definitely so 2020 is currently a shit show <laughs> <laughs> and I I remember us having a very deep long conversation towards the end of 2019 about how you know 2020 is our year yeah and how we really had to make sure that this year you know we have a lot of clarity we have a lot of progress mm-hmm. and have a lot of hopefully success right i was very determined for us to go into 2020 with that kind of like mindset and for us to really make sure that like when we leave 2020 we would be triumphant yeah so that's why like you know we we were at a rooftop bar we were having a oh very- my god
1: it was amazing that high tea session we felt like tight ties <laughs> and discussing our life goals it was a memory <laughs>
0: Yeah, everybody was just, like, relaxing, having, like, a chill afternoon, and then the two of us were, like, (laughs) (laughs) discussing our life goals, okay? It was not even funny. But, like, now that we are literally halfway through 2020, I think it's time for us to take back, you know, the narrative and try to have an attempt at, Perhaps, like, taking stock of what everything has been like for Mm -hmm. us because of the the way the circuit breaker is and, you know, how, like, basically, a lockdown is, like, pressing the pause button. Since Mm -hmm. we're already in it, we, like, you kind of have to see, you know, the silver lining and all this. And I guess one good thing about this is that you get to take stock before you press play again. So, I guess... What I wanted to do in today's podcast was to is for us to perhaps look back on everything that we've learned so far, um, consolidate some of these thoughts and so that we can be, you know, better prepared to move forward. So for today's episode, we're not going to be doing like the standard uh format of mm-hmm. the naughty prude. It's just gonna be us, you know, really directing Relationship advice to our younger selves.
1: Just two friends chit chatting about, you know, our lives, our love lives, what we hope someone would have taught us when we we're younger so that we would have saved ourselves so much trouble, you know, with like bad decisions, bad decisions.
0: <laughs> now that we've been around, we have learned things, okay? And sometimes the hard way. <laughs> we have so... learned things. <laughs> school didn't teach us <laughs> so yes i have put together my tips on my end mm-hmm. i'm sure you have too mm-hmm. so ladies first okay why don't you go first with your first tip
1: okay my first tip that i wish i could have told my younger self right is whether naughty or prude you have to make informed choices regarding sex
0: wow we're going there already on a very very first one <laughs> <laughs>
1: i think Okay, so what I meant by that is, I think when we we're young, we think a lot about, you know, the, the word slut. Okay. About about whether like, oh, if I if I sleep with someone, then, oh, well, will people talk about me? Will people say that, like, you know, I'm loose? Or will just people talk shit about me because I am sexually active? But at the same time, you're just like, you are discovering and coming into your sexuality. You know, you're trying to learn yourself, learn about yourself as a sexual being. Having these uh, societal expectations, men or women, it kind of hinders and is directly opposing to you experimenting and actually going out there to explore your sexual self with other people. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, it's like I was kind of always constantly dealing with the not wanting to be called slut, but then also wanting to have sex.
0: Right. Yeah. See, that's, that's probably something that is very... Unique to women and girls mm-hmm. because I was in a boy's school mm-hmm. for 10 years and it was never something for the guys to think about.
1: Oh, why, why? Why do you think that is?
0: I don't know. It's just the way we approached it. You know, it was always seen as a badge of honor if mm-hmm. you lose your virginity, even in the army. So, well, I'm happy <laughs> to share that even when I was in the army, I was still a virgin. Yeah. And I remember, um, I remember being in the bunk one day mm-hmm. uh, while I was at a course, and I was in a bunk full of strangers. And at first, it was really awkward because we came from very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I was obviously, like, outcasted by by the rest of them. because Wait, is it I,
1: because you don't have sex? Uh,
0: no. <laughs> it, it was because we we came from very different backgrounds. Like, okay, or okay, at, okay. Least different, at least different units as well. So, yeah. you know, I was from a particular uh, uh, part of the army and, and they were from a different part, but we were all bunking together for a few weeks. Mm. So one of the, the first few things that we started bonding about was after talking about sex. Mm. And when they all found out that I was a virgin, In in army, they were all like,
1: (laughs) "Yeah,
0: they (laughs) were making fun of me."
1: Are you serious? Oh my god, that's horrible!
0: Listen, like it was like a teasing kind of thing, because like it wasn't, it wasn't mean spirited, right? Uh, But there was, I guess, like for us guys, there was always this, like I don't know, like our approach to sex is very different. You Mm -hmm. know, you don't think about like, oh, if I have sex, will I be shamed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so for, for for me to hear you say that, it's quite Mm eye-opening and also a bit sad to hear you know it's like Mm. why is there this discrepancy
1: i think for me it's like i i do actually feel men also kind of get flack for having sex as well but definitely not as strongly as women Mm -hmm. the energy that i usually pick up is that you should be very selective with the people that you sleep you should sleep with I mean, that's definitely true. But back then, it's not just that if you have sex with anyone, the first thing people will think is like, oh my god, you're just like sleeping around and you know, you just, just just a slut lah, basically.
0: Your, your tip was also to like make informed choices regarding sex, right? Correct. So if you were to lay it down to specific like informed choices like what would what would those choices be
1: so you should only sleep with people that passes your vibe check because (laughs) because you will what do you mean (laughs) you will carry the memory of their dick inside you forever
0: right so
1: like when I think about some questionable people I have let touch me, right? I just curl and shrivel and die inside sometimes. Because I'm just like, why did I do that? And as you get older, you know, you figure out who you are, what you want and who who are the types of people that you vibe with. And I think it's very important to think about the energy that they have. Because when you sleep with them you will carrying, you know, whatever residual like shame if there is or, you know whatever kind of like basically be picky you know don't don't just don't just slip, sleep with any random other person
0: on that note it's also like respecting your body as well you know learning to like learning to value your 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 body a bit more yeah because it's not just a hole <laughs> yeah. for, for guys to to you know use um it is your body and a sexual encounter can be what 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. but the rest as you said like it stays with you and for the rest of your life, you know, you have to deal with some, perhaps a consequence of like a ill thought, you know, mm. decision. So, mm. that's that.
1: Like yeah. If you want one night stand, right, just like remember, like, you have to forget about them the next day, that kind of thing. Like, if you do, that's for me, la, personally, like, always use a condom, you know, don't, don't, don't just like, just because it feels good in a moment, then you're just like, ah, okay, okay, the one, it's like, pregnancy is one thing, but disease is very, very real so Don't put yourself at risk. Like if you want to, if you want to sex, like do things responsibly.
0: Right. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's move on to my tip, which is um, (laughs) a little uh basic, I would say, compared to yours, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. My tip is dating in the real world is both exactly. Like in the movies, but also nothing, absolutely nothing, like in the movies.
1: Okay, 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 okay.
0: You know, growing up, I I have been exposed to media. You know, I'm a big movie kid. I I loved watching television as a kid. Sooner or later, you kind of are influenced by how romance is portrayed in the media. A lot of I, what, I mean, now that I've lived life for a little bit, right, I realized mm-hmm. that, yes, like, the emotions are the same, you know, the exhilaration, the love, the ecstasy, you know, when you're in love. Yes, all those are captured by media, by by, by the movies, but th- in the real world, it is a lot less sleek. Things get clumsy, things get awkward, things get messy. You know, there's a lot of grey area. Movies and, and stories, they must have a very clear, like, this person is a hero and this person is a villain. And and things in, in stories need to be very clear, like black and white. But in the real world, a lot of things are actually very grey. And that is something that I had to learn. Mm. Because when I entered the world, I had a very clear view of this is black and this is white. And I, I went in ready to Judge. You know, people based on whether or not it was morally acceptable or morally not acceptable. But the more <laughs> I come to have all these experiences, I realize that hey, you know what? Sometimes, like you, you can let things slide and you can let things go. And sometimes you are the one, you know, being a little bit ambiguous in your in in your decision making. I think having that worldview and knowing. That mistakes can be made, that things will go awry all the time. It's like, that's okay. You have to learn to not hold on to such notions, romantic notions, standards, etc. And you have to understand that it is a process and it is something that you just have to live through. And you get to create your own journey as well. So, yeah. Mm.
1: I totally agree. Actually, like you know, the whole um, black and white thing that you mentioned, that is really really important. Uh, maybe when I was a bit younger, I w- had the same kind of thinking, you know, about uh how you should text someone, you know, how you should celebrate anniversaries. But as you grow older, you realize that everything is on a scale. You know, everything falls somewhere along the scale, where if you if you Too much on one side, like you said, you get upset when things don't meet your expectations. Like, I think so. It's like, you know, last time we were young, then you will go to the movies, then you will like secretly try to hold hands. Like, (laughs) so I think that's like one uh, movie expectation that you know, the the romantic rom coms have set up for us. But you know, in real life, right? Wow, your hands get (laughs) damn sweaty, then it's like you don't know whether you want to let go or not, and then it's just damn terrible. Or like, you know, the, oh, when when it's dark and then you have to kiss, like, oh my gosh. That timing is always super off. Like, as you grow older, you realize that, you know, all the, all the timings to hold hands, timing to kiss, like, a lot of it happens in a, like, a spontaneous kind of moment where there's no really fixed, like, pinpoint uh, in that relationship or, like, you know, what part of the mm-hmm. day. Everything is really by feeling and through navigating, through experiencing, then you realize, oh, okay, this maybe is how it should be.
0: And nothing has a rousing soundtrack to accompany it. It's just (laughs) it is just what it is. (laughs)
1: Nothing at all. Yeah. Sometimes they're anticlimatic ones, yeah. Like seriously. Yeah.
0: So like basically, you know, having to understand that not everything is packaged that nicely and not not expecting Mm -hmm. everything to live up to that expectation is important, I would say.
1: Mm. Speaking of nice packages, right? <laughs> when whoa, whoa, I was whoa, whoa, younger. Whoa,
0: whoa. <laughs> where are we yeah, going?
1: Out like, uh, the gutter. But when I was younger, so like I will always date the stereotypically masculine, you know, jock, the traditionally good-looking type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like oh, must must be like this height requirement or that kind of thing. Because I mean. On on, I think the movie the movies feed us a lot that you deserve someone good looking.
0: Right, and and they also put good looking people on a pedestal, you know.
1: Correct, but as you grow older, you realize that you know looks really cannot sustain a relationship, like I think this is something that everyone has probably figured out by now. You can be you know physically attracted to them, but what really keeps a relationship going is a very very solid foundation of friendship mm. as I grow older like I generally give less care to like how my potential partners look like to the point where sometimes my friends just like you know what? Uh, when I met your XXX for the first time I was really not impressed by his looks it's very very it's it's very harsh but then last time maybe I would be like, oh my god yeah you know my best friend feel uh, he's not good looking enough for me yeah I deserve better but like as you grow older you're just like oh yeah okay Lord, but 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 I like then how
0: I must say that like to be fair I think friends uh should say <laughs> yeah you can do better than this person or whatever but then it's really up to you uh to 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 decide whether or not that person is good enough because as you said, like everybody has a different criteria, right? As to what makes a good partner. So from, from the friend's perspective, they always see looks first because that is the most, that's the first thing that you can, can, you can judge on, right? Whether or not this person is good looking enough for, for, for you. And, you know, mm. as, as as friends, we always want to say that, like, okay, we hope that our friends will be able to have good catches. So, mm. like, as much as it does sound very shallow and harsh <laughs> for, friend, yeah. for, for friends to be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, you can do better. It's like, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. But yeah. then I also agree with you that, like, you know what? Looks don't matter as much when you grow older. All right. So, what is your second tip?
1: So, on the idea of unlearning love, and really teaching ourselves like how to create a kind of grounded kind of love, links to the idea of settling down. From the guys I've spoken to who are age 26 to 35, that's kind of like my uh, ideal dating age range. Um, I feel a lot of them are still very young for love, or not very sure of what settling down is. Because taking from my parents' relationship as a model, I can kind of see what I want into one in a relationship. Like, what a lot of people I've spoken to want for settling down is something that what my younger self would want, which is a lot of codependency. Maybe, Joe, you want to, like, uh, explain what codependency is since wow. we've talked about this. Wow, wow, yeah. okay.
0: So, how do I even... So, codependency is when you uh, exist in a relationship and then you also take responsibility for the other person oh my god how do you how do you phrase this properly
1: Hmm, like uh it's like you know the two vines thing you kind of just like really intertwine each other into each other's lives and you can't tell where the start of one person you know begins and ends and basically you just become like a amorphous blob
0: <laughs> I, I guess it lies it lies in the very in its name right you are dependent yes. on one another yes. yeah
1: yeah so it's like you know how the people at the MRT, you see them leaning against each other. It's like suddenly in a relationship, don't you forget how to stand up straight on your own. Right, right, right. That is like a physical manifestation of a codependent relationship. I feel personally.
0: Okay, makes sense. Makes sense.
1: So, but when I grow older, I realize it's really about um friendship and sex, but there is this idea that you still live very, very separate lives. They are your best friend that you still want to bone on a regular basis.
0: Wow. That's one way to put it. I've never seen it in that yeah. way, but I mean, that makes a lot of sense actually.
1: Yeah. So like also linking back to the first point where you say like there's a black and gray kind of thing. I think when people break up, there jumps to the conclusion too quickly that, oh, somebody like messed up and it's wrong. But I think a lot of people don't give the, the credit due to the relationship that It was simply good until it wasn't.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's about recognizing that there was a good too, you know, at one point.
1: Personally, I don't think there's any reason for a relationship to end if you are constantly communicating with each other. There's the expectation that you guys still live separate lives. You know, the friendship is strong. Like, those are like the three pillars I feel are to a good relationship. And with that, right, there is that trust and foundation that you. Will talk to your partner when you grow. You won't always grow in the same direction. And sometimes the way they grow in or like the opinions they have, you might not agree with. But you can find common ground and work through it because I don't think love is a feeling. I think love is a commitment.
0: Wow. Bold statement to make. Love, okay. Again, again, love is.
1: I don't think love is a feeling. I think love is a commitment. Yes, you have you have feelings for them in the sense that, okay, like, I'm very safe with this person. It's not like a fireworks kind of thing. It's really... If I were to describe love, it's really like, it's a really a lazy Saturday afternoon when nothing ever happens, but you are really just content and at peace at the world, with the world. It's not, it's not happiness because happiness is up and downs. It's contentment, which is like a straight line. Like that's how I want my life and my love to be.
0: Wow. See, that's also interesting to, to, to think about because that's not how love is portrayed to us in media. Yeah. There's always grand gestures. There's always uh, however <laughs> the lead actors and actresses uh, approach it. But, like, you know, to hear you say that it can be very much so the everything in the nothing.
1: Wow, that's so poetic. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, enough, enough. I think we're. <laughs>
1: the everything in the nothing. I'm going to use that uh, for next time. <laughs>
0: oh, but you, you, you know what I mean, right? It's like when you are just not doing anything, and that to you means so much you know it's perfection yeah.
1: literally so like i was talking about like the whole foundations of a relationship like, and i feel if that is fulfilled then you know a relationship won't end but as you still have the right to say that your feelings have changed your commitments have changed and you don't want to be together anymore and if a relationship does and it's it's always good to remember that you were never entitled to their love and affection in the first place and vice versa you just only can hope that the person you've chosen will be willing to put in the work with you to try to make it work for the rest of your lives and the least you can do is do the same for them lah. Hello. that's why I feel relationships and commitment are
0: cool. All right. And my last tip as well for today is also okay, let's end this on a <laughs> on a hopeful note. you know I, I hopefully an inspiring note, right? Okay. Whereby, okay, I would say that you know our experiences have, uh, empowered us. They have hurt us, but I think let's end it on like a, on a high, okay. So I would mm-hmm. say that my final tip for today to my younger self would be to be absolutely unapologetic about not following society's expectations mm, in terms okay. of like relationships and dating.
1: Okay, what do you mean by that?
0: Okay, so each society will always have its ex- its expectations of people. So in Singapore, the expectation mm. is very straightforward. It's like, go to school, get a degree, and then mm. marry someone in your mid or late
1: 20s. Mm, oh my god, you know, year four, they always say your FYP is to actually find a person to be TO with.
0: <laughs> it's true. Really no offense, or I have like nothing against people who follow society's expectations. Like, sure. And you know what? Fair game, because because that is what society expects of you. If you follow those expectations, you get rewarded. But just because you choose not to follow those expectations doesn't mean that you should feel bad about it. That you hmm. should feel guilty about it. I think that's hmm. where I'm getting at. You know,
1: yeah, like your life is like lagging behind or something like that, right? Exactly. Is that where you're to get it? Yeah.
0: For my friends who do follow these expectations and this side, like this set pathways, great. I'm super happy for them. But I also understand that perhaps it's not for every single person, and that's hmm. okay. Also, and that's what I want to get at is that like you don't have to feel guilty or you don't have to feel bad that, you know, you you are not following the path, the set path. And, you know, there is that sense of sometimes anxiousness, anxiety uh, about having to, to find a partner or having to settle down. But this year specifically, I think I had come to terms with the fact that, you know what, like, why do I live my life based on the expectations of me? So it's the little, little things that, you know, add up. You know, it's not like as if, like, the government said, Drell Lim, why are you not married? You know, like, nobody said that uh,
1: lah. Yeah, they should have just assigned us like, (laughs) at 27 years old, okay, you gotta marry this person. Yeah,
0: it's it's not like that. It's the little, little things that add up. For example, every single Chinese New Year, every relative will ask you about the relationship status, I ask mm. you about like, oh, when are you settling down? Things like that. Yeah, it's, Are you
1: seeing anyone? You know, that kind of thing.
0: Right. It's the little, yeah. little things like, you know, uh, having all your friends be so happy for those who are uh, who are in successful relationships, who get married, and then mm. um, pitying you when you say that like, oh yeah, I haven't found anyone yet. You know, it's the mm. reactions of your, your friends. And sometimes, you know, when I am guilty of that. Mm.
1: It's the little,
0: little things like, not being able to uh, apply for BTO without Mm. having a partner to do so you know it's things like that that eventually shape this expectation of 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 you from the society that you're in and Mm. once again you know I do feel that if this set of expectations is not for you then it's just not
1: Actually, like, I want to bring back to the point where you said, you know, that being single is something to be pitied for. Yeah, there's, like, this idea that you need to hook up or you need to get together with someone, then your life will be complete. But really, like, what I have really learned from my younger self to now, from my younger days to now, is that when with love, it's really not two halves of a whole, it's really two whole people getting together and trying to share their lives with each other, trying to build a life with each other. And like, you know how you say a lot of your friends find their partners in university and stuff, right? They are very, very lucky to have found their partners so early on in life. Like, some people find their partners when they're like 50. Some people find their partners when they're like 70. And I think that's totally okay because back to your whole idea of timelines, everyone's running on their own timeline, you know? Mm. Like, you, you know how we, we talked about right in the beginning about you have to, you know, go to school, find a partner, BTO, da-da-da, everything by 27, I guess, 20, 27 to 30-ish. Like, I don't really like that. Because these are actually three very separate and important adulting milestones. The first would be uh getting married, you know? Mm-hmm. The second would be buying your own home. And the third one is living on your own for the first time, like, external to your parents because of the way the Singapore, like, uh I don't know, adulting checklist is set up, right? It kind of just lumps all these three things together and people, I don't think people really realize how stressful that is. Right. Yeah, because you have, you have to all at once uh, navigate marriage, you have to navigate, you know, building and creating uh, how you want your life to be on your own in your own space and you also have to service a flat so personally like for me like what that was one of the biggest reasons why i moved out so i lived i live with my best friend and her boyfriend you can say i'm a third wheel but i really <laughs> don't feel do that so one of the very big reasons why i moved out is because i wanted my own space to really build the type of lifestyle that i want it's not saying that i don't love my parents or i don't love my family or whatever but it's that if I live with them, it will always be their house, their rules. But because I pay for my own rent and I pay for my own space, I can live, I can spend all the energy that I previously spent on, you know, trying not to maybe upset my parents or like whatever, blah, 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 with my life choices. And I can just focus the energy on, you know, really reflecting on myself, like self-growth, like am I going in the right direction? Is this Is this where I want my life to be? And, you know, just really like, be independent. Like, people don't think about, people think about moving out and they think about mental health in that sense that you grow as a person because you can have your own space, right? But they also don't see that the other side where you have to learn how to manage your own household, which means, like, you have to make sure that you do your laundry, if not, you've got no underwear to wear. You have to make sure that your fridge, you know, your vegetables in your fridge are not going bad. You have to remember to use them. You have to pay your water bills, you know, and make sure that you don't, like, have an electric cut-off kind of thing. Like, all these things, you know, of really, like, learning how to manage a household. These things, if you learn, uh, when you're also trying to navigate a marriage, I personally feel that it might be a bit too much, it might be a bit overwhelming, because it's just so many things at once. Right. Yeah, when there's, like, too many responsibilities, it can just be, like, super overwhelming, because you just have all these, like, all these, like, adulting things don't you at once and you just have, you just kind of, like, oh, help.
0: You know, it was never, I I never saw it like that until you brought it up, you know, that, like, Mm. actually, when it comes to adulting, there are so many components to it and, yeah, I, I, I mean, I do think that people do lump all this together but also, there is value in seeing things and um, in, in compartmentalizing everything and seeing mm. that each, basically, each milestone is something that you you need to work towards independently of the other, perhaps. It makes sense to me now, and I, and I do think that that even helped uh, clarify this to me. So, even though this is advice to your younger self, I feel like even to me today, now, like, this is relevant and this is helpful.
1: Yeah. Like, okay, so, like, back to the advice to my younger self, like, I didn't realize how much I didn't like change. So when I introduced change into my life, I prefer it to be very, very incremental, like small, really, really small steps. So as as you go into your mid-20s, you kind of reach a point where you feel uncomfortable taking money from your parents. Mm. And I think this is one of the, moving out is like a manifestation of how I would like to gain my financial independence without immediately saying oh my god here's $50,000 let me buy a house and you know commit my life with this person so that we can buy a house together i think that's like really a bit much for me
0: okay 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 <laughs> yeah i mean that i mean everybody has different standards i guess but you, that that does make sense to me
1: yeah also living with uh your partner right i i personally feel like i would if i if i were to live with someone i would want to live with them before i permanently live with them you get what I mean? Yeah. Like I think that like
0: a lot of people are like that as well. That's why, you know, a lot of people move in first before committing to a marriage or engagement. Uh yeah. I think again, everybody has their own uh approach to relationships. And mm. if that's, you know, uh a criteria before getting married, then yeah, it makes yeah. total sense.
1: Yeah. Again, this is our own personality. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, as Fauzi always says. But yeah, um, yeah, like, example for my previous partner, right? Uh, Okay, maybe not previous partner. The previous person I was dating, like, he really didn't like that I left my toothpaste caps off, you know?
0: He left... He left you left what?
1: I, I, I don't cap my toothpaste. And I oh. always... Squeeze, and I always squeeze, like, in the middle of the tube or whatever. Lah. And he will always... Every time he stays over, right? I'll notice that he will roll my toothpaste up from the bottom. It got to the <laughs> point, right? <laughs> I talked to him I was like, do you want me to give you another like tube of toothpaste because this clearly bothers you? <laughs> but, yeah, so it's I think it's like even little little things like that like it will really um impact your relationship lah because like everything is just a uh, accumulation of little little
0: yeah makes sense, annoyances
1: uh. and quotes. and toothpaste. yeah
0: Mm-mm. makes sense yeah
1: okay so I moved out last May oh my god it's been a year oh
0: anniversary so <laughs> it's
1: been like, hey, whoop, whoop. but yeah so I moved out. I moved out for a year already and it's actually moving out to my own space has actually improved my relationship with my family because as much as I love them, there are some things that they do that makes me want to punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's kind of relatable to everyone. Like no matter how much you love someone, there's just, there's just some small stupid thing uh, that just stresses you out. Or like someday you come home and you've had a bad day at work and then you know you have to, you have you have to like show face to your mom like oh yeah yeah everything's fine but when in reality you just want to like lie face down on your bed and like cry something or whatever you know yeah so like you create a physical space where you can be emotionally secure and when that happens you can process your feelings and emotions better and it it's actually more healthy because you're not suppressing your feelings and when you create that kind of environment for yourself, you 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 realize you will open up to yourself more. Or you will think about why why you like this. You know you're more introspective, and that will kind of give you better clarity on how you want to move. You know the di- the direction you want to move towards in your life, or just you know just generally help you be a better person. So
0: I yeah. guess at the end of the day, right? Like really, just everybody is really on their own journey, on their own path, and Even though society does have expectations and those expectations are valid, uh, there's no need to fully subscribe to those expectations or fully subscribe to them. If you are on your own journey, just understand that it is very much so still big. You're still able to learn from it. You're still able to gain life experience from it. And solely for that, you should not be at all apologetic or feeling guilty. That you're mm. charting your own way mm.
1: I think it's really really important to you know have whatever society gives you those values you think about it and compare it against like what kind of life you want who you are as a person and consider like do those values serve me or do do they make me feel worse about myself like you know, you have to kind of create your own set of expectations because if you measure yourself against and set expectations set by someone else, you'll never really be happy because you're chasing after someone else's dreams rather than your own.
0: So talking about all these things have been, I feel like such a weight off you know my chest because it's really truly verbalizing, uh, all our my reflection of all these things that has happened. And I'm sure this experience has been the same for you. I would say it's quite cathartic, don't you think?
1: I I like how it's like when we talk to each other. It's we always have quite different uh viewpoints, but we always meet in the middle, and it just it's it's a little bit like therapy i guess you have just this safe space to just discuss whatever you want and that's something i really enjoy when i talk with you
0: oh thanks and i, I it's, all, it's also about like respecting one another's opinions I, I i suppose because i do think that both of us recognize that we lead very different lives and mm, like it does we don't need to lead the same life you know mm. but um being able to to respect one another I think is a a very important thing in a lot of friendships
1: I think that's something I really enjoy about our friendships that we really see each other as equals I like to think that Mm -hmm, for sure yeah and I can always like I always trust you to give me a very sound kind of like second opinion on whether I'm like fucking up my life or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> if one thing's for sure, I think you can always count on me being very honest. Uh, you know, you know me, like sometimes I'm just brutally honest with people and I just say it as it is. But I think that especially because we are friends or, you know, in, in friendships, there is the availability to be brutally honest because you know that they're coming from a place of love. Mm. And that's why you you are able to understand, like, hey, if they're, if they're being harsh on me, like, what are they trying to tell me? So, mm. you know, but only if you understand that the friendship is like real it's not like a frenemy kind of situation where they're trying to like be toxic you exactly. know in it we have come to the point in our lives where we don't do drama anymore like we can't deal with that yeah you know? it's it's just high school drama yeah. is is over for us you know we don't yeah.
1: have the... don't even like to watch anymore <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. we <laughs> we don't have the capacity for that we don't have the trash hole for that we just want to be able to have a good time we're just here to have a good time you know yeah. so
1: Safe kind of boring, kind of friendship, happy love life kind of vibe. Exactly.
0: Going on. Wow, is this getting old? Is 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 this what growing old feels like? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully in a. I, I would say in a decade's time, we're still friends. I, I, I'm quite f- confident that we'll, we'll reach that milestone. And I yeah. I do hope that, you know, in 10 years time, we can look back on this podcast and just laugh maybe about the things where we say, who knows, maybe we'll cringe about every single thing that we brought up. It's like, oh, you dumb little idiots.
1: <laughs> you know, 10 years from now, right, we should play a drinking game. We listen to this podcast and every time we cringe, we take a sip. I tell you, by like, halfway through, we'll get drunk already. <laughs>
0: like no every every tip or everything that we we said today that we disagree with in 10 years time it's like we drink
1: (laughs) oh my god it's so drunk
0: (laughs) (laughs) well at least there's that so there's that to look forward to Mm -mm. so i think it's time for us to wrap up this episode it's been quite a while so thank you so much for coming down and doing this and opening, up, <laughs> and opening up to everybody to the prude posse. That's what I'm calling the, the naughty oh prude God, listeners.
1: The posse. Oh my gosh, I love it.
0: <laughs> if you guys can do me a favor, please follow the podcast on Spotify and also subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, Cheryl, where can everybody find you on social media?
1: You can follow my Instagram at CherylChu. C-H-E-R-Y-L-C-H-I-E-W on Instagram. But I, I don't really post a lot, of, but I post a lot of memes. So if you're into that, you can watch my story for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, if you okay. want to follow Zirup on Instagram, it's Z-Y-R-U-P-M-A-G. And I'm also there at Joel. That's L-I-M-X-J-O-E-L. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is The Naughty Prude.